0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Traction.gg podcast, where we talk about racing games, esports, and sim racing. And today we're actually going to be talking about sim rallying more specifically, because we are joined by a three-time British rally champion. It's none other than Matt Edwards. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. And thank you very much for joining our podcast to talk about uh, some real world rallying and the virtual world. And I think you are an excellent guest to get on board to discuss the differences between the two how they can uh overlap but also how the sim world can improve uh but first of all we have a lot of uh, sim racing listeners and i'd like to explain exactly you know who you are and what you do obviously you are a three-time british rally champion so you won the titles in 2018 2019 and of course 2021 we're just recording this after you just won the ulster rally congratulations how was that
1: thank you yeah uh roller coaster of emotions um fairly intense uh, but yeah we, we, we came through in the end so yeah I'm really happy
0: yeah amazing result and I should also add just for fun you also won the BTRDA Gold Star Championship in 2018 as well alongside the BRC and you are the BRC2 champion from 2016 in a, in a classic group end Mitsubishi love to see those cars around I'm well informed I'm quite impressed oh well yeah EWRC is an amazing resource now I, obviously um, yeah I, I'm a personally I'm a big rally nerd as well so um, it's all good So, uh, but first of all, before we jump into the big uh, championship successes, I'd just like to know a little bit about your background. You know, how did you get into rallying? First of all, if that's okay.
1: Um, Well, my father is Clark, the course of the Cambrian Rally in North Wales, and he competed. uh, He was competing while I was while I was very young, Um, so there was always an interest there. Um, But I actually started in 2004 in a a self-built Mark II Astra that I. Built a little bit on the quiet um, from everybody <laughs> uh, while well, I had a gap year before I went to uni, uh, and then just started doing club and level rallying, uh, BTRDA fourteen hundreds, and and sort of worked my way up bit by bit. Very difficult um, sort of sport to make headway in unless you've got right. a, a fortune to start with. Um, so unfortunately, without that advantage, it was it's it, you know it's taken a long time. Um, built the support and the the. Um, the sponsors and the, you know the team around me over the last 18 years now so it's it's taken a wow. long time the last the last four of which uh, five of which as you say have been in the british rally championship so um it's it's taken a long time in motorsport terms to get to get this far but it's more a lack of funding than ambition that's for sure and it's yeah. as a result of the weekend it's still nice to feel that that ambition and that motivation is there you know after so many years to, to carry on. So.
0: Amazing. So uh, while everyone else was uh, traveling around Europe on their gap year, you were tinkering with the Voxel Astra. And yeah. and this is yeah. what works out in the end. Yeah. I wish I'd have done that. Damn it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was quite funny because I, I I don't know why I picked Mark II Astra. I think there was something about the old um, late 80s British championship videos that I've, I've still got on the shelf here that I watch. Um something about the Mark II Astra I, I liked and I drove one as a road car. My first road car was a Mark II Astra and I basically built the the rally car into the road car whilst the shell was getting sort of tidied up and ready and then when when all the, the shell was ready to build the actual rally car from, I put all the engine, the gearbox, the seats, the belts and all the rest of it off the road car onto the rally car and scrapped the shell. Wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that, that was kind of the, the, the way that materialised.
0: Oh, that's... That's cool that's a real uh, grassroots approach and story that you can be successful if you put the hard hard graft in. Uh, yeah. any apart from the Astra any uh, any cars along the way cuz you've got a really varied uh, car rally history uh, any yeah. that also like uh, you know you remember fondly
1: um I, I remember them all they've all got stories <laughs> to tell that you know right. built uh, not long after the Astra we built a, a Fiesta ST for the the M Sport sport trophy yeah st sport trophy and i built that in a three-sided barn in the freezing cold winter in 2008 uh we came second in that championship to craig breen again budgets wheeled apart you know same tires two rallies in a row and all that sort of thing and we still managed to have success with that and then managed to get a go in four-wheel drive cars uh you know uh, mitsubishi evos that again self-built self-maintained um But you know, a special car was the the Mitsubishi we did um BRC in in 2016. Yeah, that was was, it. It was a a totally legitimate group N car, but it was one of the best cars I'd ever driven, really. In terms of okay, it was a big, heavy car, but it was built in six weeks, night and day. Wow, from, from a very, very fresh import. Um, and that that car was was gorgeous it just felt it felt like an armchair to drive it you know the latest (laughs) driver suspension and you know the the dog box was was you know brand new and it was the first time i had a proper brand new car really Uh, so that that was a good experience although it wasn't the fastest car on the rally it
0: was for me it was a very refined car that, that felt awesome to drive and you know it looked good as well well sometimes it's not just about the outright speed it's about the poise and the handling and yeah how comfortable you feel right and yeah, that exactly. must have been pretty special to take it to the BRC two title that season. And then I think that was was that a, is it fair to say that was a stepping stone to try and get into the the R five car the next year?
1: Yeah. Well, th- there was a bit of a story behind how that that, that materialised because at that time Max Vatten and uh, Ari Vatten and son was to be driving a an R five in a in a D Mac uh, liveried car D Mac team and. We were sort of earmarked for the second seat with that. And there was going to be a bit of a shootout with like a, a fitness test and all the rest of it to to establish who would get that second seat. And I'd had an accident the previous year and, you know, I, I don't know, you know, physically I, I was quite battered. Um, but we went, we were going to go for the shootout and got fit and all the rest of it after the accident and trained. And um, then all of a sudden Elvin Evans was, was without a seat in the World Championship. Uh, and he was put in that car to develop the Fiesta tyres the and all the rest of it. So that was that was that opportunity gone. And they so, said, right. Well, what do we do next? And you know, it was like we'll go and we'll go with, we'll, we'll we'll buy an Evo and go and do the the, the BRC two championship. Uh, and it's like, well, it's a long time since anyone really competitively ran a genuine group end car. A lot of them changed the restrictors or or various, you know, put sequential gearbox in it, which takes it out of that category. So we had to we had to build one to be sure that we were getting something that was genuine and legal for, you know, because it's only it only takes right. little things for it to fall out of that that category. So we built well I we I and a couple of people built it in six weeks before the start of the championship and went to the first round in mid Wales and and we I think we were fourth overall after the first night in the snow and ice in the it was that was that sort of put us on the map in the British Championship because that was my first stage in the the overall category of the British Championship. So it was, right. it was to being amongst the R5
0: cars straight away. Yeah, that was mad because the entry list in the R5 category was extremely competitive that year as well, yeah. right? That's and right. So, it so, to punch up your V8 was pretty impressive.
1: That sort of paved the way. Then yeah, um, we were sort of on the on the radar for with the R5 cars, and it was at that point uh, a long term sponsor in in Pete Smith of the Swiss group took it to the board and said we need this lad in a in an R5 car and nice. that materialised much to my surprise and relief if you like at yeah. the end of that year and we did the last two events of the year in that car Ulster and the Isle of Man, so
0: special year Yeah incredible and it's a real good um, really amazing story and it, I remember watching the BRC that year it was a really big year for the championship and you definitely stood out and then uh, next season, you came third in the R5, and then the year after that, uh, you won your first British Rally Championship. Uh, just talk me through the emotions. You know, what did it feel like to to win that uh, historic and well known title?
1: It, again, that that started. It was a project that started at the end of twenty sixteen with those two two events in the R5 uh, Ulster and the Allemann. And although we were top five quite quickly, we finished fifth on the Manx. Um, it was clear that the gap to, the, the, like to first was quite a lot in terms of time. So 2017 was always going to be like a learning year. We run the car sort of privately, um, got some really good results, got a couple of fastest stage times, particularly on tarmac. Um, so we went into 18 as the, like the number one M Sport driver, if you like, um, run by M Sport. It brought with it a lot more testing, a lot more time in the car. And then we ran... A privately owned car in btrda alongside it, so it was, you know, I wouldn't say every other week, but I, w- I was never long out of the car. Right, um, a lot of seat And in those cars, that's that is the key to it. So you know, we won the first round at the Rally, and uh, we won the Rally Nut stages, which was the second round of the btrda And I think we, we pretty much won everything that year that we that we started, and that that was a huge year. Um, and to win the British title was, you know, was something i, I dreamed I've always wanted to do. Um, the British Championships always been something I've been involved with or interested in, and um, a bit of an anorak in terms of the, the history of that and the, the, the iconic drivers that have won it and and the, the events, you know, they, they are very important to a lot of people. So to actually have my name on the DVD and the picture on the front cover, Ben, will remember that. Getting that the the,
0: uh, the the front
1: cover sorted, you know. I had the choice of the photos and that, which was great. And, uh,
0: yeah, oh, that's a moment. <laughs> that yeah, that's a real moment. Yeah, I certainly had a lot of those DVDs and VHSs actually yeah, growing exactly. up. Yeah, still Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, scoring into 2019, obviously, in the end, you, you won your second title, which was amazing. Was there more pressure to, to back up the 2018 result?
1: Uh, only from myself, I think. Um, right. Tom. Tom Cave but um, we had a lot of pressure on that year he was fast um, it was good to have somebody of his calibre in you know as well because okay there only ended up being <clears throat> myself and him really battling for the title but as could be seen from like results on Rally GB you know he won he won the category on Rally GB that year uh, it just shows the level that the championship is at I mean, it, I've always said it, it only takes two people to have a race and it doesn't matter how big the gap between second and third is if there's tense between first and second it just keeps pushing every, pushing you on and just because there's only two of you doesn't mean you're on the limit or not if not over it which um turned out to be the case for Tom in Ulster uh ironically on the same stage at the same time of the event that this championship materialized for me so um it was very intense you know again there's a lot of a lot of ups and downs in the year but um you know we we,
0: we held on nerve and good consistent year when we won the title again nice yeah well we'll we'll jump about well we'll actually we'll go to this year's championship then because 2020 obviously we did one brc round you won it but then the season was unfortunately cancelled due to the the terrible covid19 pandemic so there wasn't a champion uh but 2021 uh back in the polo this time a, a new vehicle for yourself um you ultimately won your third title amazing result congratulations uh, it was a, a big battle with Oshan Price all through the year and it, it culminated in the Ulster rally which at the time of recording was was just a few days ago
1: yeah uh, it was it was a big a big thing this one um as i said the this third title had never been done before in a row and that that fact was was pointed out at the end of 2019 so we've had to sustain the involvement of all
0: the Right, you've been waiting a long to. time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I thought, yes, we're off and running in 2020, it's on, and then all of a sudden that stopped and will we ever get the chance to do it? And then when rallying was coming back, you know, is everybody still on board? Um you know budgets were changing, chopping about, are we going to get any budget? Uh and then obviously adapting to a different car. It it came relatively easy, but it was always a, a question mark until until we, we got in it. You know, it was a long time before we got in it. You know, it's probably six months of having the deal on the table before we drove the car for for various reasons, and you know there wasn't a lot of testing nor budget for it. So, um, but yeah, some some battle all year. Um, You know, uh, probably the most varied season I've had in terms of ups and downs. Um, You know, mechanical problem, uh, a mistake by myself, and then a Cambrian Rally to forget um, in my backyard. (laughs) Um, Happens sometimes to the best of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it was it was a tough year, and you know to battle back in Mole and the Cambrian, you know, with repairs to the car on the fly, if you like. Um, but it, it just always felt like it was still achievable, you know. Even even when we were parked at the side of the road in on the Cambrian, I just took took a step back for a second and thought, right, this thing's a mess. How do we? What have we got? How do we get this thing to the finish? It just I don't know. You almost just let Nate, like second nature take over. Try not to panic. Um, And we we got the car around, got good points again, and it set up Ulster. And knowing that we just had to win Ulster, I say just win. That sound is an easier said than done, but. Right. Very challenging asphalt rally for those who don't know in Northern Ireland. (laughs) It was, um, it it almost made everything a lot more simple than other connotations of Austin's results. And uh, it just meant there was one focus, and I, I felt. I felt that made my job a little bit easier, and you know, I, kn- I knew I could sort of handle the, the situation because I've, I've been there before. And I always believe that I, c- I can make these things happen when when we need to.
0: So. Well, certainly, again, uh, congratulations to you and Darren Garrod, co-driver, for that this uh, championship. It was certainly a very exciting British Rally Championship season from where I was sat. Many ups and downs. So, uh, and that's what you want to see as a fan for the championship, right? To go down to the wire and. Yeah, and that's
1: why we do it as well that's the, the competition and that, that thrill and that excitement is why we do it you know driving the car is one thing but yeah to actually drive it and be that close and that competitive with
0: somebody else is is another thing again Yeah absolutely uh, superb uh, I want to talk about driver training if that's okay because I know you do a, a lot of that is that fair to say is it yeah, is it rewarding for you to see newer drivers or younger drivers come through and improve based upon your tuition
1: yeah, that's that's again, that's the motivation for doing that. It's, it's that's my job satisfaction. For, you know, that's that's what I do for a living. Um, all over the world, uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's very interesting to see how how different people approach the same thing. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of different ways to drive a car, and you know, I, I find it really rewarding helping people adapt their style, improve what they do, and their understanding. And you know, as much as the young drivers, it's the the older generation. You know, the amount of people that have been rallying 20, 30 years that, that come for help in these new cars because, you know, that's the car they, they, they're driving. And they're, they're very good drivers, but it takes some adaption and understanding to drive these new cars quick. So I get a lot out of, you know, helping everybody go go that bit faster and enjoying the rallying. And, you know, it, it maximises their performance um, in a shorter space of time than, you know, rallying the car for three years without the input. Right,
0: That's,
1: that's right. what a lot of people tend to find. It just accelerates the. The learning process and how quickly they can get to their potential. So um, yeah, that's that's really interesting and it's enjoyable. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I find that side of uh, Mudspot fascinating. It's often you don't see big headlines about the driver training uh, going into it uh, into like a big result, but it is a it's a hugely important part of the process. Do, do you think that maybe in the future, if uh, the virtual world and Rally Sims improve, that that will become part of the training process, or? Are they already, or are they not quite there yet? What, what's your thoughts on that?
1: It could be. Um, the, the difference for me is the rally stages don't replicate the real life stages, whereas the I tracks see. are, uh, are easy—not easy, but the tracks replicate the real life tracks. Um, I guess with the graph, I don't understand necessarily how they do replicate them, but you know the forests—the forests the forest change uh, as well. Um, the routes change, the road conditions change. And I think it's that feeling of the different roads and different I conditions see. of the feeling in your in your body that that varies is why rallying's driving skill is more about uh having a, a set of skills that you can adapt to any situation very quickly rather than a rehearsed rehearsed driving style if that makes sense. Whereas like on, on the Sims for tracks, you can rehearse What gear you're going to be in, what speed, and everything—it's easy to replicate. So, you know, you can drive—you can drive a gravel road once, and then ten minutes later, it's completely different because the degradation of the road, the weather, and you know, a gravel road is different every time you go over it.
0: That's a really key point that perhaps I'd overlooked. Yeah, because especially if you're doing circuit racing, sim racing, let's say it's a dry. Okay, temperatures can change, and and the amount of rubber on the track. But generally speaking, you're going uh, around. You know, ten to twenty corners—they're the same every lap, and there's only slight variances. Okay, it can rain as well, right? But to model that into a game is a lot of work. But also on a rally, you've got so many more kilometers of point-to-point action. There can be asphalt rallies; it can be wet, it can be dry on the gravel, like you say. As more cars go over it, the line might—what they call, what we call—clean, which changes the grip level and how you adapt the car setup and your driving style to that. Is yeah, that's a good, really good point. Is I don't think we've got to a point in sim rally where where the change of grip is perhaps replicated.
1: Exactly. Yeah, uh, dirt rally gets there to some to some degree for sure. But um, I think the biggest thing for me is that the sensation is getting the sensation in your body of what the car is doing. That's really where most of my driver tuition focuses on is learning to feel what the car is doing because because of the changing grip and often you're on gravel or you know it's those forces in the car that you're trying to use the feeling of those is what you're trying to use to to go faster, not a rehearsed plan of how you're going to go around a track um you you're totally reliant on the the whatever feeling the car on the surface that you approach at that one point and being able to do something with the car accordingly that you're not going to know about until you get there.
0: Are there any elements at all that that perhaps transfer? I was thinking along the lines of um, the concentration, or if someone's never okay, the pace notes in rail rallying are much more in depth than in a game. But uh, at least it perhaps trains you into trying to listen to them. There's like I guess there's some perhaps basics that transfer across.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree, and that's that's the predominant reason why I invested in in some equipment to to be able to do it a little bit more realistically, if you like listening to the co-driver even if you know the stage listening to the co-driver and transferring that information onto into your driving is is a you know a vital part of rallying and that's that's again the difference between the circuit racing and the rallying is having the co-driver and the not necessarily knowing where you're going so you have to learn to drive in a way that, that enables you to listen to the pace notes as well as observe what to do with the car from the road ahead. It's quite difficult to explain, but you, you need to be able to feel the car, like I say, to, to do that. But listening to the notes and the rhythm that you get, yeah, it's probably the only real um, thing that transfers across. And the assessment of the risk, which I think is what slows me down on the game, because I'm always driving in a way that is the way I would drive at, on, on a real rally. Yeah the, the, the consequences are slightly different yeah the consequence is the word yeah there's, there's no consequences on the game other than reset yeah um or getting booted out of the you know terminal damage Yeah, you know, yeah the consequences are, okay i'm gonna have a cup of coffee now yeah I'm it's not, not as started, expensive i'm not stranded in the woods for five <laughs> hours and um but yeah i think i think that's you know the help for me was just keeping sharp and obviously yeah. you're turning the wheel and pressing the pedals in a similar way what it doesn't give you is the sensation of driving the car and the sensation to be.
0: Yeah, I really hope that things things have come a long way, actually, in the last few years for me in terms of uh, the perceived sense of realism with sim rallying, but I'm also aware that there is a long way to go as well. I I do believe that um, technology is always improving, so let's let's hope it it steps on. Uh, There are things like, so I see uh, Louise Cook was doing some crazy stuff on a full motion rig, and so I'm interested to see how that technology develops in the next few years and VR as well. There's all sorts we can do. On your side, in terms of the virtual rallying world, have you been getting into this, you know, maybe the last couple of years more than ever?
1: Yeah, much, I mean, particularly since COVID, really, That yeah, it was always been a passing interest, but nothing, nothing that was, that was ever really part of my day-to-day. Well, it's it's still probably not part of my day-to-day now that rallying, real rallying's come back, but it's certainly, you know, it's there, it's, it's good fun, and it's, it's entertaining, and it's a bit of, it's a bit of help in terms of keeping sharp for, for when I go rallying, but for improvements going forward, it, for me, it's little details like the procedural things of going through a rally, you know, when you can change a puncture, when you can't, you know, like on a rally, you can always get out and change the little damper clicks yourself. Whereas on the game, you can't do that until you get back to service.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Elements,
1: things that you can do at any time, you know, like, like I say, and uh, little setup changes like that, little, uh, things during the stage that, you know, may or may not happen. You know, the way the stages are set up, you know, the little arrows at the side of the road don't normally cause the car to roll over. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, little <laughs> things like that, that that can be quite frustrating. And, uh, uh, you know, the interior, you know, I, I love the fact that the noise, the sound of the cars has come along a long way. Uh, that's yeah. that's you know, part of the reali- realism. And I, I'll never forget one of the, the previous dirt, Titles the interior of the Fiesta. They had the they had it on the road screen rather than the stage screen. Oh, a little
0: digital dashboard, right?
1: Digital dashboard. That's the stage. That's the road road Uh, mode screen. But on the on the stage mode screen, you just get one big digit with your your gear in it. So there's just little things like that. That
0: that's the sort of thing a real rally driver would pick up, and someone like me wouldn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's there's a few things like that, and. uh, you know, the game's the game. I mean, I, I wouldn't even be bothered about having road sections in it. If you want, you know, a mode where you could literally go through a rally in a, a realistic time frame as well, you know, oh, you okay, maybe not make them half an hour, 40 minutes long, but you, you do Spread have to, actually, you do actually have to get the car rather than just crossing the red board upside down. Yep. You actually think, well, I've got to stop the car. I've got to, you know, <laughs> the procedural aspect, I think, could be more realistic for the yep. people that yep. really want to go to town on, on the realism factor. But,
0: I think we uh, discussed a few ideas of like a dream, was it a dream rally game on a previous podcast? And that was one of them we mentioned, I think. Some sort of, uh, something that at least shows you the the road aspect between the stages. Because yeah. I think a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate or understand that, okay, the stage is finished, but then you have to spend hours of your day going to the next stage. And, and yeah. it has to be on time, otherwise you get penalties. Yeah. And then you have to switch your brain on and off between the two. And it's quite a big challenge, part of the aspect of rallying. Yeah.
1: I mean, one thing I have enjoyed about this, the latest dirt one is is the the length of the stages. You know, the longer stages, and you're not necessarily learning learning them all all the time, and that makes the pace notes more important. And I think pace notes can be improved on. Them, that's for sure. Uh, it's uh, it's quite frustrating to you know the, when you first get the game, you go off in the same corner for the first seven or eight times you go around. That's <laughs> <laughs> that one again. Yeah, it's, it's it's the learning aspect of it that that takes time and.
0: Yeah, and also I think on the pace notes, obviously I think you would fair to say you'd have more detailed notes than in in a game. But the game also has to try and strike a balance between accessible to those who maybe aren't rally drivers. So so maybe in the future they need to have like two modes or two sets of notes for each stage. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's the consistency of them, I think, as well. You can you can take one corner like a four left flat and sometimes it's a handbrake job. Yeah. 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 It's it's that it's that sort of thing that from a from a driver's point of view, you what you'd want to be
0: consistent, and maybe yeah. even the
1: option to change them—I don't know how it works,
0: but yeah, some sort of in-game recce or something. I don't know. That would be that would yeah. be really cool. But I also yeah. imagine the programming on that will be very difficult.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's not my problem. Yeah,
0: no, that's
1: <laughs> that's, that's their job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, I know, I know. It's it's not it's not straightforward. Is it?
0: I I genuinely think we'll see over the next few years further advancements as well. And then it'll be good to see how things compare, you know, as technology improves. Yeah. Um, how was competing in some of the dirt rally clubs over the past year? Did you have a good time? I believe you had like even like a heart rate monitor for some of the EBRC stuff. So like I did, yeah, I
1: think I did. I did. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the outcome of that, but I remember that the EBRC ones. I was nervous throughout the run. Right. Wow. It. You know, you get wound up about it. It's a bit. Bit of a hype and all the rest of it, but. In a real rally car, when you hear go, you know you might be really. You know, I do get really nervous. And but as soon as you hear go at the first stage, all that completely goes. It's like it is literally mm. like a switch. But on the on the on the esports stuff, the nerves seem to stay with me throughout the whole the whole stage. It's quite it's quite strange how that level yeah. of intensity remains with you, even though you're concentrating on something else. But I think that's again because of the you're not having the sensations through your body, and there isn't the risk that you, your mind has still got that capacity to be nervous. Whereas when you're in the real rally car, everything has to go into to driving see, that car see. because there is that risk. So I think that yeah. the, the the element of risk is replaced by the nerves being retained on the game. So
0: yeah, maybe the nerves are masked in in real life, but yeah. The front and center in e esports world. I also believe you did uh, some work with your sponsor, Yasa Batteries, doing your own esports competition earlier this year. Is it also a good way of um, engaging with the community and the fans?
1: I think it is. Yeah, um, you know, we had we had a good couple of hundred people involved with that as well. That was that was good. And the winner of that came to um, we had a photo competition and the winner of one of the the championship came to a test day with us and they had a really good day and had a ride in the car and were able to feel again. See the similarities, but actually to feel the car off the start line was like you know getting thumped back in the seat, and those are the things that it misses. Unless you've got one of the the big rigs, which
0: yeah, to the mere mortal are a bit inaccessible. You know, cost of those things it they is, are at the minute. Yeah, do, do, do you mind me asking what your current setup is? Are you on PC or a console or
1: PC? Yeah, uh, it's like a I've got a, a metal frame rig with a nice a partial bucket seat on it, curved monitor, gaming monitor, um, Fanatec. Uh, Club sport pedals and wheel and nice the gear even handbrake so it, it's a nice it's a nice setup it it feels yeah. nice and it's but it's not it's not twenty grand
0: of it that's for sure oh right okay yeah yeah it's mid mid level I suppose it's still serious and uh you're not um just on your gamepad or controller no, which is no, which is it,
1: interesting it, it, I, I always I bought the game with uh with this same PC a good number of years ago now so right but you know Dirt Rally One do it, the first the first incarnation of it. Um, that's when I first got the rig to play. Like a uh, mate of mine got I the game, and so I kind of followed suit when when I could. And uh, it takes up a fair percentage of my flat. That's
0: for yes, sure. yeah, I know. It's uh, it, it's like oh yeah, I'll get one of these rigs. Uh, you buy it, you put it all together. You're like, oh, hang on a minute. Where, uh, yeah. where where's it going to go? Yeah. Uh, so so we're we're speaking just before on the eve or just a couple of days before the Jersey e rally. Um, you're seeded fourth. Are you happy with that? That's news to me. That's <laughs> wicked <Freaky laughs> news. Who's put me there? <laughs> so there's some serious esports talent in and around you. <laughs> Are you going to uh, keep up with them, do you think? There might no, be some former world not champions. A <laughs> not a chance. I'm going to have to get some practice in. Yeah, you've got two days, I think. Uh, no, I, I mean, it me. could be worse. I'm seeded 147th, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm uh, I'm actually going to watch the, the uh, uh, Roger Albert Clark rally. So I'm, as soon as we as soon as we finish here, I'm up north. Ah, okay, to go and have a look at that uh, for two days. So uh, sleeping in the car, usual rally bubble hat stuff. So I'll We made for two days, and then Saturday we've got the kids for the day, so it'll only be Saturday night when they're in bed that that'll be getting uh, some some battering. And
0: that, that sounds like a a really elaborate excuse to me.
1: I wrote the book of excuses, so <laughs> I can I can I can give you another one if you like.
0: <laughs> uh, that's okay. I mean, I haven't uh, played the game for a long time either, so I think. Um... I'm just going to aim to get through the stages and not retire. That's my, that's my plan. That is, I take it. That, I take is it. The, that is the worst excuse in the book. <laughs> just get through the stages. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, as soon as, it start, as, soon as uh, you start going, then all of a sudden the race face comes on, right? And then you start yeah, focusing a bit, red, and then you're a bit, pushing a bit too hard, and then a Hinkelstein, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. I, I take it yeah. you to be taking part in, your, uh, in, a, in a polo.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, we've got nice. We've got the US delivery on the polo as well. So that's, ah, that's cool. Quite cool.
0: And uh, people might be able to watch you streaming live. Maybe I believe so. There's
1: a bit of technology and stuff <laughs> to work out before that. Cool. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I, I can do the, the driving thing, but all this online streaming technology stuff is a world to, to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna need somebody to hold my hand to get that set up Sunday afternoon. <laughs>
0: right. Well. Uh, this podcast is releasing after the Jersey E-Rally, just to uh, lift the lid on everything, so you may or may not have seen Matt streaming live, but either way, we both took part in the Jersey E-Rally, and um, if you weren't able to get involved, just search Jersey E-Rally on Facebook, because uh, fundraising for the RNLI Jersey and Teenage Cancer Trust Trust is still ongoing and we'll also put links in the description to this podcast as well because it's a couple of great causes and a great great initiative, I think. So, uh, well, congratulations again on your British Rally Championship. Best of luck with the Jersey E-Rally. But also, I just want to quickly ask before we go, are you working on plans for 2022 already? Would you like to do some rallies outside of the UK, maybe in Europe? or, or what, uh, what, what, what are you I'd, aiming for?
1: I'd, I'd love to. Um, getting outside the British Championship, as much as I love it, has been a goal for a long time. You know, there's a lot of the people I've competed against in the British Championship, I've done a lot of rallying abroad, which, you know, for budget reasons, I've not been able to do. So it it's always been a case of budget rather than the, the enthusiasm to go abroad. That's for sure. I, I, I'd love the opportunity to go and do you know, a couple of World Championship rallies or ERC or, you know, even Irish Tarmac. But um, at the moment, it's we need to just sort of reset and see who's who's still on board and who wants to join there's there's always opportunities to get involved with what we're doing we're a great team to be part of and you know we're, we're always ambitious on going to do things and i'm still as keen as ever to to go and do more it's just it's just a case of finding that that elusive budget
0: and to go and do it it's uh, it's hard work it's a full-time job on its own really yeah always a challenge and i can't imagine how much effort goes into trying to find and secure the uh, loyal sponsors that that help you to go rallying so we wish you the best of luck with your plans for 2022 and of course the Jersey E-Rally and congratulations on your third British Rally Championship Uh, for everybody listening let us know in the comments below if you've been taking part in any Dirt Rally or WRC game clubs and what you'd like to see from Rally Sims in the future but for now keep it pinned